0: You're like, that is so teeny. And you knocked over a 100-pound massive block with something that was this big. And then he, as he went through, and I thought this other thing that struck me as really shocking is that it says the amplification of energy in his little set was 2 billion times. Now, his, his numbers were a little strange because he started with a domino that was a size... You know, that was five millimeters thick. Starting with the normal domino, in it has the ability to be as tall in what it could knock over as the Empire State Building in 24 dominoes. The impact, if you were to just keep going at 50 the 58th domino would hit the moon. And you're like starting with this. And I got thinking about that. I'm like, that is ridiculous. How does this domino have that much power? And I, and I actually got a picture that I just thought was cool. I don't know really, that they did their, their, uh, their picture to the, I know, I, in fact, I know they didn't do it to the max potential. They were, this was actually taken for an advertisement. They made the world's largest domino collection there because they wanted to show you the power of compound interest. It's an investment firm. But they started with a whole bunch of little ones, so it took a while for, they didn't go up in size right away. They didn't get the max up in size that they could. But you still, you watch this chain, and you're like, that, that last domino is larger than the building by a long shot, and it's knocked over by this. And you're like, but it's just a little domino. Why? How? How does something so small and so insignificant make such a large impact? And I got thinking about this and realized that this is one of God's famous moves. Not that he sits around playing with dominoes, but that he uses something so incredibly insignificant to do something so powerful all the time. Isaiah 55 verse 9. It says, as the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than yours and my thoughts than your thoughts. 2 Corinthians 12, 9 says, but my grace is sufficient for you, for my power is made perfect in weakness. What kind of an oxymoron is that? My power is made perfect in weakness. You mean when your opposition's weak? It's like, no, when my team is weak. What? Like, it doesn't even make sense, but that God likes to use People that are weak, people that are insignificant to do things that are incredible. It says that God chose what is foolish in the world to shame the wise. God chose what is weak in the world to shame the strong. God chose what is low and despised in the world, even the things that are not, to bring to nothing things that are. And then God said he's going to use something that seems so small and so insignificant to do massive things, to take out things, to take down things that seem unstoppable. And I, and I got thinking about the people that God used. Abraham was old. Jacob was insecure. Leah was unattractive. Joseph was abused. Moses stuttered. Gideon was poor and afraid. Samson was codependent. Rahab was immoral. David had an affair and killed all kinds, all kinds of family problems. Elijah was suicidal. Jeremiah was depressed. Jonah was reluctant. Naomi was a widow. John the Baptist was eccentric to say the least. Peter was impulsive and hot-tempered. Martha worried a lot. Uh, the Samaritan woman had several failed marriages. Zacchaeus was unpopular. Thomas had doubts. Paul had poor health. Timothy was timid. And these are a few misfits God used each of them in his service. So what excuse are we using? And then I got thinking about this this strategy that God used to change the world. Uh, If you were going to commission a message and you could pick anybody and you're like, all right, I need the entire world to know this. Who would you go to? News reporter, you're like, all right, the president. A news reporter's got like one paper, but you get the president on board. If he's got something to say, a bunch of people tune in to hear him lie all the time. Like, yeah. you, you, could, nah. you could get in <laughs> lots and lots of exposure to your thing. You'd think you would gather the biggest names. You would gather actors because they do stupid stuff and everyone reads about it in the tabloids. Like, ooh, who's doing what? <gasps> they got married. They got divorced the same day. Wow. Like, if they go through all of this drama and everyone reads about it. You'd think if you were like, all right, I've got to get this information across to the masses. You would, You would recruit the celebrities. You would recruit the politicians. You would recruit the government, you would recruit everybody that had a big name and seems to have lots and lots of influence. So I was looking and thinking about the way Jesus came. And I was like, well, the way that Jesus came was backwards because he should have came as a king. But even though he was a king, he came as a little baby, like born amongst the animals. Like this is kind of messed up. But you're like, right, you're going to make it better from there, right? And so we hardly hear anything about the first 30 years of his life. He goes to start his ministry, and he gathers disciples. And you're like, right, here's where you're going to pick the people that are going to have to change the world. You have, you're going to be on earth for three more years, and these people are going to carry on the message. So who does he pick? And a lot of us like, well, the disciples. Yes. Well, who are the disciples? And you're like, Peter, James, and John. And some of you guys are like, and there's others. Thomas, Bartholomew, and some other Judas. Yeah, he betrayed him. And so we don't, we don't think about them, but we're like, well, who are these guys? Are they the influential leaders? They were the failures. Um, and I don't remember every disciple's story, but there were several of the disciples that Jesus recruited them while they were fishing. And it wasn't that they were just like out bored. They're going, hey, what do you want to do today? Hey, I think I want to go fishing. I'm bored. All right, let's go fish says that they were fishing, with their fishing business, with their dad. And you're like, oh, how sweet, they're in the family business. Because our system doesn't work the same way their system does. See, there, their school worked on like a, not an elitist club, kind of like our scholarships. You go for scholarships, and you have to meet different criteria to get different scholarships, There, you had to meet different criteria to move up a grade, like to stay in school. And so there would be like the first block of education where you need to memorize the first five books of the Bible. If you do that well, you can move on to the second block. And as you go through these blocks of education, you have to be the best of the best to move on. Win, because most everybody would not move on. So with the point that you couldn't move on anymore, what a boy would do would go back to dad and go, hey, dad, I'm not gonna be a Pharisee. I'm not gonna be a scribe. I need to take on the family business. Teach me what you do. What is it that you're doing? And that's what I'm going to do. What were these guys doing? Fishing with dad. So what does that mean? They failed at the other. So he takes these guys that are failures, these little insignificant people, and he says, all right, I'm going to use you. I'm gonna call you to be my disciples. And you look at Peter, and I laugh constantly, maybe because I relate to Peter, but as I read the stories of Jesus and his disciples, and he's going about, and he's doing things, Peter just like jumps into things, doesn't think, and then starts talking. And sometimes Jesus turns to him and is like, you know what, that's awesome. God revealed it to you. And he's like, yeah, I'm awesome. And like two minutes later, he's like, shut up, devil. What? Get behind me, Satan. Um, oh, so much for my good day. Like you just, and you, you watch them and Jesus is telling them, guys, I'm here to serve and I'm gonna lay my life down for you guys. And they're like, who's the greatest? And they're arguing over who's gonna be the greatest. Like, these guys don't get it. And, and you watch them and uh, Jesus dies on the cross and everyone just splits. Everybody who, who's been following him just takes off. And they're like, well, we thought he might be somebody. Guess we were wrong. You're like, what hope does this church have? And Jesus raises from the dead and he shows up. And a couple of these guys are like, this is awesome. Jesus rose. And they're talking to Thomas. And Thomas is like, uh, yeah, right. Jesus rose from the dead and he appeared to you. I'll believe it. I said, Actually, he didn't even say he'd believe it when he saw it. He goes, I won't believe it unless I see it and I can put my fingers in the scars on his hands, and put my hand in his side where he'd been stabbed through with a spear. That's some faith. And God goes, these are the guys that are going to change the world. And you can go through the disciples, and then we can go through Paul. And you go, well, where did God pick up this guy? Oh, he was killing the Christians. God, like, oh, what a winner! What's your job? I'm going. And he literally, he was getting letters. He was getting permission to go around to gather up every Christian that he could find, try to get them to say something that would start up an excuse to kill them. And he was throwing anyone in prison that he could and trying to kill any of them that he could. He was there when they stoned Stephen, the first martyr. That He sat there, and says that he held their coats so that they could all stone him. And I got thinking about this, thinking about Peter about Paul, thing about Thomas. I actually saw the place where Thomas was killed, or so they say, um, in India. We went and where he was, he spent time where his he lived in almost like this little like cavey thing for a while. Like there was a spot where he prayed that was polished into the rocks, where he'd kneel to pray. And like where his knees wore into the rocks because he spent so much time there in prayer and a spot where he gave his life um, to spread the gospel. He'd made it from, um, from there all the way to India where he died as he was speared for their faith. And as I was looking at these guys who all turned and ran away, yet something happened. Um, Acts 17 verse six. It goes through and it says this. It says, when they could not find him, they dragged Jason and some of the brothers before the city authorities shouting, these men who have turned the world upside down have come here also. This is a few years after Jesus, like this is within, I guess this maybe a couple decades, but this is close. And it goes, they have already turned the entire world upside down. They have changed the entire world. You left a handful of guys. You left 12 dudes. You left 12 dominoes. And do you realize that Christianity has changed the world? And you go, well, not everyone's a Christian. Yeah. But it shaped countries. It started to reform. It stopped um, Widow, like, it, there, I can't even go through all the different things in politically that have shifted throughout the years. And there's been nations that turned to God and then have turned away, um, as our nation is presently doing. And it goes, well, God left 12 guys, so I'm going to send my Holy Spirit, and you guys are going to change the world. And in just a few chapters, we find where. When they're in a city and the people are mad, he goes, these people who have turned the world upside down are here. And I got thinking about the little things. Like, if God can use that, could God use me? If God could use me, could God use you? If God wants to use you, Does it have to be something massive that you do for God to use you? Does it have to be that you get elected president, governor, school council? Like these are some like what do you have to do to accomplish an impact? And I begin to realize that a domino is really small. Yet it has a massive impact. If you were to line up those dominoes, the 10th domino, starting with this domino, would be taller than me. You look at this and you go, this has the power within 10 to be taller than me, within 24 to be taller than the Empire State Building, within 58 to hit the moon. And I got thinking going, what kind of a choice, what kind of a small choice How large of an effect could it have? And I got thinking about somebody. My name is Domino Milo. And some of you guys are familiar with the drink, Milo, but no, this is not a drink. This is my friend. When I was in college, Milo was in my small group. Milo got saved at youth group, decided he wanted to follow Jesus. At his school, there was two kids who came to our youth group and most of the kids didn't go to church at all. And he decided that they should know Jesus. Milo was not an athlete. He wasn't like the star of anything at school. He was not a overly influential person at his school. He was just a student, blended in. But he said, you know, someone's got to stand up and reach them. They did a challenge at church and said, hey, if, you, if you've got somebody, you've you got friends that want to come to church, we'll get them a ride. If you can fill it, we'll bring it. So he got up and he goes, well, I don't have really a bunch of friends to invite. I'll just invite my school. So he got up at the assembly and said, hey, can I have the mic a second? I got "Yep." Hey guys, I'm gonna go to youth group on Friday. Wondered if anybody wants to come. If you write your names down, I'll bring you. I don't even know if he got anyone the first week. If he did, it wasn't very many. Um, But in a short period of time, Milo got a van. I think it was a car. Then he got a van. And then he got two vans. Then he got a small bus. And before that year was up, he had a 40-seater bus that went from his school to the youth group every week. Before he graduated high school, there was two 40-seater buses that went to his school, picked up students, and brought them to to the church. And I began to talk to him a year or so afterwards, and he was able to give me and go, this many students that I brought to church got saved. And he was able to lay out and go, this is the impact that I had on my my school. And you go, well, why? Was it because you were the star athlete and got up after the football game and prayed over your deal? Or was it because everybody wanted to be you, and so when you said something? No, he just, well, somebody. In fact, the other student that went to the youth group was more popular than he was. But you know how many students the other guy brought? Zero. I think he actually jumped on the bandwagon after they were started filling buses that he he began to help uh, Milo out. But it just, it began to shock me going, well, what was it? What was this grand thing that happened? One kid said, all right, all right, God, can you use me? I'll have a go. What's it going to look like? I don't know. It's it's this little thing in life that I'm willing to give to God and go, God, can you take something little from me and turn it into something big? Can you change the world through me? And realizing that God changing the world through you is not this monumental task. I heard somebody one time, they said this guy said he wanted to change the world. And then as he got older, he decided he couldn't change the world. So he said, I want to change my country. And as he got a little bit older, he decided he couldn't do that. So then he's like, I'm going to change my state. Then he got older, he decided he couldn't do that. And he said, I'm going to change my city. Then he decided he couldn't do that. Then I'm going to change my family. And then he realized he was a bit late for some of that. And then he realized, you know what? I should probably change me. And I bet if I change me, me could change my family, and my family could change my city, and my city could change my state, and my state could change my nation, and then I could literally change the world. But because he just started with the, I have to do everything, he did nothing. But when we start with the little, with the little domino, it's amazing what can happen. Jeremiah chapter one, verse six. Then I said, Ah, Lord, God, behold, I do not know how to speak, for I'm only a youth. But the Lord said to me, Do not say I'm only a youth, for to all whom I send you you shall go, and whatever I command you shall speak. And Timothy goes, Let no one despise you for your youth, but set an example for believers in speech, in conduct, in love, in faith, and in purity. And I began to to look at this and I can tell you lots of stories of stupid things, little things that turned out to change someone's life forever. You guys have heard stories of somebody who smiled at someone and saved their life. Heard stories of somebody who picked up somebody's books and walked them home not knowing, finding out years later that that person was carrying all their books home so that mom wouldn't have to clean out their locker when they committed suicide. You've heard stories, and I've, I've heard, I've been a part of different things where you have no idea how much impact you have on somebody. How many people are looking for hope and are just looking for a gleam, a glimmer of something different? And so often I talk to students and they're like, I can't affect my school. There are thousands of students there. You don't understand how big my school is. You don't understand. Do you realize that 12 guys took the gospel around the entire world? And I I got thinking about this going, "Well, well, what kind of a little impact might you have? What kind of a domino, what kind of a choice might you make that might affect somebody? What if your domino is simply inviting a neighbor to church? He's going to set up the dominoes as I say this. But just going, it's it's one domino. You invite someone to church. What kind of impact could that have on their life? What if your domino is simply walking out of a movie or turning a movie off when it gets inappropriate? What if it's reading your Bible every day What if it's just praying daily? What if it's taking a stand at your school for what's right? For refusing to listen to dirty jokes when they go around and go, nope, that's not okay. I live for something. I live for God and that's not okay. What if it's to step forward towards a dream that God's placed in your heart? What if it's to choose to have godly standards in your relationship and no longer do things the world's way? What if it's to refuse to lie, to refuse compromise? What if it's to sit with a student at lunch that's all alone? What if it's, Standing up for someone who's on their own, who's being picked on, who's being um, made fun of, being bullied? What if it's just to how you tip, how you treat your waiter? Did I go and run out yet? No, <laughs> well, I'm good. Yeah. You're good. Keep going. What is it for you? What kind of a little choice might you make that may have a massive effect? because we don't realize that with each choice that we make, it has the potential energy to start the domino effect. That 24 dominoes later, what are you at? I don't know. He says it's 24 more. A sequence using that many dominoes has the potential energy going, if it was to, to all be maximized, it wouldn't fit inside the room, obviously, if it was taller than the Empire State Building. But to go, and everyone's just waiting for me to bump it, aren't they? Right. And waiting, going, how much energy? And you look at it and you go, well, what does it take? Just book <laughs> How hard are some of those things for you? How hard is it to go, you know what? I'm gonna set a different kind of example in my home. I'm not gonna handle the anger the same way as my parents. I'm gonna do something different. I'm gonna stop yelling and cussing at people. I'm going to to, to make a decision right here that I'm actually gonna follow God, that I'm not just gonna be full of a show. I'm gonna make a decision to stand up for what's right at my school no matter whether anyone else does it or not. Do you realize how many people are waiting for somebody else to start? and that it all starts with one, and that if we decide going, all right, God, here I am, use me, that these little choices, these little things, literally have the ability to change the world. In the same way that in 58 dominoes, we could hit the moon. How many choices, how many people standing up In your school and living different will it take to potentially knock over your school? And don't like sitting there with star chambers, but like to make a difference, to change your school. And I I believe that it's actually remarkably few. But the more that we stand up and go, this is what I'm going to do, these choices stack on top of each other. And I had the video go for a while of him talking because he said, in his 13 dominoes, the energy that was put in, multi, or it, um, what is his word for it? It grew two billion times. Amplified was his word. The energy was amplified two billion times. We need to give God something to amplify. Go, all right, here I am, use me, I'll start. If you've never started a relationship with God, it's where the whole thing starts. I wanna give you a chance to call on God, a chance to make God the Lord of your life, to start the domino effect in your life. Can everyone bow their heads and close their eyes? If that's you, when I say three, I'm gonna ask you to raise your hand. Every head bowed? Every eye closed. One, two, three. Raise up your hands nice and high. So that's me. Awesome. Who else says, that's me? Awesome. All right, you can put your hands down. We're going to do just what the Bible says, and we're going to call on God's name. We're going to declare him to be Lord, and we're going to let him begin to have control. We're going to let him begin to affect our life. And whether that was you or whether you've done this before, I'm going to go ahead and ask you to repeat after me as we call on his name. Say, God, I'm sorry for the wrong things I've done. I believe that you died and rose again. Thank you for washing my sins away. I want to live for you every day. I make you the Lord of my life. In Jesus' name, amen.